0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You gotta love these games, bro. Take advantage of your opportunity, man. It ain't about individual steps. It's about working together for one goal. Bro. It's for one goal, bro. Win, win, win. Let's go. Win them on yeah, three. Baby. One, two, three. Win. Let's go, baby.
1: Touchdown, Los Angeles.
0: You are Locked On Rams. Your daily Los Angeles
2: Rams podcast. Part of the On Podcast Network. Your Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see you, big bro. I'm going to kill these niggas, man. Yeah, yeah. Straight up, the block, winning that like- to be specific.
2: Rams Nation! What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams, and we are in NFC Championship Week. We had the man, the myth, the Kroger on yesterday, and it went so well. I loved it so much. I missed him. I was just talking to him, and you know what? He volunteered to come back on, so Mr. James Kroger... Back for round two, back-to-back days. How are you doing? Thanks for coming back on.
4: I'm ready to double dip on this podcasting, man. I'm glad to be back on the mic. And I had such a high after yesterday's podcast and forgot how much I missed this. So thank you for allowing me to come back on. We were chatting before the show and I said, dude, I mean, if you don't got anybody else to come on, I mean, I'm available and I would love to talk some Rams. So super happy to be back. And Rams Nation, what's up, everybody? Thank you for listening. And I'm so jacked to be back on the mic for the Tuesday episode of Locked on Rams.
2: Man, well, we've got a lot to get to. I'll give you a little preview before we kick into it because, you know, there was so much to cover. We were so excited and we were kind of still coming down from that high of the win. And I'm still coming down from that high of the win. That experience at the Coliseum was awesome. Rams did a great job representing out there. But, you know, we skipped on a couple things I want to go a little bit deeper into. I want to go a little bit further into talking about. The upcoming matchup down in New Orleans and how that goes into play. Uh, Got a couple listener questions I want to get to as well. A few shout outs. We're going to cover the rest of the pro football focus stuff that we kind of teased on yesterday. Uh, We're going to talk about some contests we have going on, and we're just going to see where this episode takes us. But it is going to be jam-packed today, full of awesome stuff. Of course, with the man, the myth, the Kroger, and myself, Bear Motter. This is the beginning, folks. If you guys didn't know, me and James started this three years ago You know, when the announcement was made to move to L.A. And we started this with Rams Podcast together, and here we are. We're talking playoffs, and it's crazy to think, James, how far we have come because definitely in those early days, in those Jeff Fisher days, and I know there's people that go Way back with this team, even when they were in LA the first time. But uh, for me and James, it really started then, and we and we fought through those Jeff Fisher days and and learned about the team. And now here we are. We are going deep into the playoffs, and we're seeing you know guys like Roger Saffold get the first win with the team uh, in the playoffs. He's been around forever with the Rams, and Andrew Whitworth just joining recently, but a, a long career finally getting that taste. He's actually heading back home to the Bayou State. He went to LSU, so it's a little bit of a return trip for him. So lots of exciting things to get to. Before we really crack it off, guys, don't forget, make sure to give us a follow, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast. You can even ask your home speaker Play podcast, Locked On Rams. They'll take care of it for you. Go right into the newest episode. Try it out. It's pretty awesome. As well, hit us up on social media. We always love your engagement. I've been getting a lot of text message lately, so I thank you for that. If you don't have the Google number, here it is, 4988. I had people tell me they were at the game. I had people tell me about how they thought the game went. We got a couple questions come through from it as well. Uh, so go ahead and use it. Also, we are still running our giveaway right now for the Rams Hover Helmet. All you have to do is go leave a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, Leave a review, say what you think, uh, how you're enjoying the podcast, or uh, leave a score prediction for the upcoming game. Leave a thought or a stat or a question for an upcoming episode. Whatever you want there, just put hashtag Hover Helmet to be entered to win. I'm going to be drawing that very soon. And in fact, I want to say thank you guys so much for being patient with me because I have another trip coming up. I will tease this out over the next couple of days. Just know it is Rams related, but I'm heading to New York. And I'm going to be bringing the podcast with me. I'm going to be uh, recording from there as well. But this is a Rams related trip. And I cannot tell you just quite yet, but more news coming on that. Uh, so we've got a full episode, James. Uh, let's just kick into it, huh? Where, where do you want to start today?
4: Ah, oh, dude, you read off a lot of stuff. And I was trying to make notes here on everything you were saying on where I want to lead. But. Um I don't know, let's let's get started with maybe with some stats because you know I'm a stats guy and I love talking about numbers and everything like that and you know, talking about New Orleans coming up. We have plenty of stats associated with these two teams. So maybe let's dip into that a bit and we'll continue the conversation.
2: Love it, love it, man! I gotta keep you on your toes. You know, I talked for like nine minutes straight. It felt like so I didn't know if you were sleeping <laughs> over there. Want you? It's kind of like uh, one of those choose your own adventure books. Where would you like to go now, James? Would you like to go this well, way? Speaking of, of
4: journeys, I you know one thing that you did mention uh, starting the podcast three years ago and going through the Jeff Fisher times in LA, how rough that was and getting Jared Goff. But let's not forget that January twelfth was the day that it was announced that Sean McVay would be the head coach of the Rams two years ago, and I know you and I were. Or, you know, I, we probably had a Rams podcast episode that day. But talk about specifically, I mean, that day two years later, we're looking at what, you know, being in the Final Four to head the Super Bowl. Man, Sean McVay, and on top of where he's taken us in this time uh, in Los Angeles, being the youngest coach, talking about the journey that he's taken us on and how everybody in the stinking NFL wants to have the uh, the clone effect of everything that the Los Angeles Rams have done with their management. Everybody wants the Sean McVay uh, Effect with their with their brand new coaches. We see so many people hiring coaches this year and what they're going after. And they want that young stud, offensive minded coach, the good looking guy, the James Bond. We're like the NFC West alone right now, besides Pete Carroll, the gum chewer old man. <laughs> I mean, we're just, we just, everybody's kind of going after that model. So, you know, the, talking about, how you know time has affected this podcast and and you and I going back and, and specific days, January 12th, Sean McVay now with the place that he has us and the name that he has established for himself across the NFL. It's, it's crazy how much growth we've seen and the excitement we've had with this Rams organization.
2: Yeah, I mean, while we're talking about the McVay hire, I remember that day that we did that podcast and we were sitting down at your table and we were writing up what we we're going to talk about and we had all this information on Shanahan and that was kind of where I was really excited about. We had a couple other guys that we were going to go and break down and, and which way they were going to go. They already had an interview with McVay, and, and I think he was, like, third or fourth on our list that we are going to talk about, and I had, like, one paragraph, and we are going to talk about how he was offensive coordinator and Kirk Cousins and what they did there. And as we sat down, they announced he's going to be the coach and we're like, "Well, oh crap, there goes our whole breakdown episode. I guess we're going to jump in and have to talk about this guy that was third on our list and we had to go really dig and find some more about him. We didn't know much and he was young and at the time there were so many hilarious articles now that you look back to of, "Wow, dumbest choice ever. How would you hand a franchise to this guy and he's so young? What are they doing?" um you know all that type of stuff and now you're right looking at the NFL they are very much trying to copy that formula of trying to find that young offensive mind and it's funny because it's going to fail elsewhere because it's not just you know this offensive guru it's it he is it brings this leadership he brings this way that he speaks to people this mindset this just this aura that he has from top to bottom and then obviously yes he is a great coach fundamentally and then on the offense side of the ball but uh, he's a leader of men. And I think the funny thing is you see all these guys picking up these young guys. Some are going to fail miserably and they're going to go, well, what happened to that whole just hire a young guy thing? There's a lot more to that and I know that they're doing mm-hmm. you know, their due diligence in the interview process well, but there's not many McVeighs out there and I am very, very much glad that we got him when we did. So I guess we won on that one, right?
4: Yeah, we definitely won. And on top of that, let's not forget that Sean McVeigh now is the youngest coach ever to win a playoff game at the age of 32. He's about to be thirty three. I think it's four days after the NFC championship game, but he beat John Madden, who won his first playoff game at the age of thirty three. So Sean McVay a year younger. I'll talk about how he's the youngest coach in modern era time. And yes, he is the youngest coach now to win a a playoff game. So he's doing, he he definitely lived up to the expectations.
2: Yeah. And while we're just on McVay, might as well throw one more into the, into the party here. Uh, I saw a, a tweet from our man, Vinny Bonsignor. And I actually read this long time ago when, when I was on uh, McVay's Wikipedia or trying to find information about him. But it, it reminded me when I saw Vinny's tweet and he said, you know, if we can look, obviously, we, we talked earlier about Andrew Whitworth having kind of that reunion down in New Orleans where he spent a lot of time in college. Uh, if we get one more game and we go to Georgia, that's a that's going to reunite McVay with his hometown. Uh, he played high school football over there and actually won the Georgia High School Player of the Year over Calvin Johnson back in 2003. Wow. Isn't that crazy to think our coach, this little tiny guy that I people on. watching around and get fired up, and he was the state player of the year over Calvin Johnson, who was a longtime receiver, obviously, for the Detroit Lions, but man, that's that's something you got to hold on to for life, man. State player over Calvin Johnson, a guy who you know broke receiving records like crazy in his time with touchdowns and crazy plays, so uh, that's the last McVay stat I have. But that's right, McVeigh is ours. I love it. I got no more McVeigh stats. In fact, this whole McVeigh stat session and welcoming everybody in took up the first segment. So, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside, take a break, get some words from some of our sponsors. We'll be back on the other side, finish some pro football focus talk, start looking at this Saints week and a few other things that we didn't get to talk about on Monday. James Kroger, Bear Motter, locked on Rams Tuesday, right after this listen up rams nation before we get over to the next segment we've got to talk about the man the myth the robles dave robles he's giving you a chance to win season tickets to the 2019 ram season how do you do that you give him a call If you're buying or selling a home right now, he is the guy you got to be talking to. He's been a top producing realtor in LA for over 20 years. Dave is a Los Angeles native, so he knows the city in and out. He's a super strong negotiator who understands how to get you an awesome deal on a home or top dollar for your current home if you're selling. I talked to him on the phone not too long ago, and he was telling me about how he got an extra 50 grand to his client's pocket when they took over the property Spiced it up a little bit, took some pictures, put it on social media, used the strong team behind him to help sell this house and make an extra fifty grand for his client. That can be you. Check out his excellent reviews on Yelp and Zillow. He's a super awesome guy. I promise you he's going to take care of you. Check out his website, DaveRobles.com. That's D-A-V-E-R-O-B-L-E-S.com. Or just give him a call, 213-712-4343. Tell him Bear Motter sent you. Mention Lockdown Rams. And I'm telling you right now, he's going to get you season tickets to the 2019 Rams season. And if you're moving out of town, and he helps you sell your house. He'll give you equal value and take care of you as well. Dave Robles gets the Bear Stamp of Approval. And don't forget, check out DaveRobles.com or call him at 213
3: 712 4343. I'm legend and I will smith. as I let the beat
1: The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Tuesday edition, Locked On Rams. The boys are back together. Bear and James throwing it down. Double dip this week. I love it. I'm excited. James, I'm really glad to have you back. We got a lot of stuff out of the way yesterday, but we didn't finish everything. One thing we did yesterday is we talked some pro football focus, which we usually do on Tuesdays, but I got so excited. I just had to get some of this stuff out there. Uh, And start talking about it. But I'm going to finish it up. We did one offense yesterday, one defense. We talked about Andrew Whitworth and the great performance he had. We talked about Indominican Sue and the great performance that he had as well. Huge, massive performance from him. And actually, before we move on, I saw a really cool quote from McVeigh talking about Sue. So I'm going to read that really quick. Here's what McVeigh had to say about Sue. He said, I thought he was outstanding in those early downs. When he's able to do that, it makes a huge difference, McVay said. I thought he really came with a great focus and concentration this week, and I think it showed up with the way that he was able to play. Anytime you're getting that kind of production, even sometimes it might not show up on the stat sheet, but you just look at the way he influences and affects the game and a lot of ways that we talk about Aaron Donald. I thought Sue did that on Saturday night, and it was a big big-time performance from him. So very high praise from the head ball coach, and I'm sure he wants to see a lot more performances like that. But as we continue on in pro football focus, James, yesterday your game ball went to C.J. Anderson, very much deserving as he rushed for 23 times against the Cowboys, four which went for 10 yards or more. After avoiding 10 tackles, he gained 68 of his 123 yards after contact. Of those 23 carries, he also generated 13 first downs or touchdowns. That's incredible. 13 first downs or touchdowns since signing with the Rams. He has had 14 carries of 10 or more yards. That's right. 14 carries of 10 or more yards, 264 of his 422 have been coming after contact and has avoided 10 tackles. And while running for 33 first downs or touchdowns, which is half of his rushing attempts, For an overall grade of 89.1, there is only one player in the NFL that has had more yards in a shorter period of time, and that is Henry of the Tennessee Titans, and he went off like two games in a row where he went over 200 yards, but only other player in the NFL to put up as many yards in a short amount of time is C.J. Anderson. Pro Football Focus says, you're doing a heck of a job, kid. So, James, great call on the game ball there. We hope to see that move forward. We're going to talk about him and Todd Gurley a little bit more in the podcast later. Let's finish this pro football segment out and we'll get to a couple other things. On the defensive side of the ball, Samson Ebukam found himself in coverage on 13 of his 51 snaps and was targeted three times. Of those three targets, he only allowed one for a catch and that was for minus two yards while breaking up what looked like to be that pick six until he dropped it. Uh, He did earn a 90.1 coverage grade while allowing a 42.2 passer rating into coverage and he showed some versatility in his game, not only being some guy that can come up and stuff the run and make plays in the backfield, but also dropping into coverage and making plays. And James, talk to me about what you saw on that Almost pick six because in the stands I was talking trash to a Cowboys guy and and he was talking about turnovers the possession before and I called a pick six on that play and I thought I had it but he dropped the ball uh, ended up being a pass breakup but what did you see on that play and what was your reaction?
4: Oh dude, watching on TV, you would have totally nailed it, man, because of hundred percent would have been a pick six. He would have been in the end zone, no problem. And it just it hit him in the right spot. I think the intensity of the game just got to him and I don't know, the pressure when you're playing defense, you're not really expecting a ball to just be hit you right in the hands. But he he was there and God, it was it was so close. But you become just again, you know, one of those guys on defense that you don't hear his name quite as much as as the others, but has you know, continue to show us the impact that he has on this defense. And I really wish he would have got that just so that you can talk. You know, you would have rubbed it into that that Dallas Cowboys fans face because man, it was just right into his arms. I was watching it on live TV, and it was just one of those things that just kind of like made your heart jump really fast, and then your stomach kind of dropped Like, oh, he missed it, but it would have definitely been a pick six. There would have been nobody preventing him from getting in the end zone. And uh, man, just next time, I mean, hopefully he has that you know, chip on his shoulder. Next time, he's going to actually catch that ball and and bring it in. But you know, maybe that's part of the reason that he plays defense, not offense, because uh, it kind of hit him right when. You needed to, but it uh, you know not like it really had a negative impact overall on the game. It just would have been that much more exciting at home uh, to to get that. So. Yeah,
2: it was more of those just that that big game changing moment that you're waiting for, and yeah. it was in his hands. And that was kind of the reverse angle. Like I was behind Dak when he throws that, where we were sitting, and I had a great view because we did have a couple those poles that hold up uh, the field goal net. Are the most annoying things ever, and they are almost placed on the hash mark. <laughs> so if the Rams are on the right hash, I've got a pull in front of me because I was on kind of more towards the right side. But I had this just this nice little alley right through the field goal post to see that. And I thought, man, there was there was really nobody. Um, maybe Dak catches them, maybe a, a fast wide receiver comes up from behind and, and catches them. But we've seen in past that Ebocum can get to the end zone when he has the ball in his hands. Obviously, he had those two touchdowns against uh, Kansas City in that Monday night game, but thought he was going to get another one, uh, dropped it. I'm sure his boys gave him a lot of trash, and you talked about him. Maybe one of those guys that his name isn't out there as much. Uh, We hear a lot of other defensive players' names that are you know high importance on this defense, and I want to talk about one of those players next uh, because me and you were kind of talking off-air about this guy. Marcus Peters is who I'm talking about, and obviously, we all know that uh, last game was not so good for Marcus Peters against the Saints. He got torched for, you know, a hundred and I don't even want to know how many yards. Uh, actually, I have it right in front of me. Let's go figure it out. 211 yards Mike Thomas got mm. uh, on 12 catches. Michael Thomas is also coming off a 12 catch game against the Eagles. So he's hot. He is feeling good. I'm sure he's confident. If you look at the targets, uh, Michael Thomas got 15. The next closest target was Alvin Kamara with five. Uh, so he is their offense as far as moving the ball down the field. Uh, Drew Brees loves him, and he really picked apart Marcus Peters. After the game, Sean Payton said they loved the matchup. They kept Marcus Peters there, and they were going to take advantage of that. So real quick, James, before we discuss this, I want to play the Marcus Peters clip after when the reporter tells him what Sean Payton says. So here's Marcus Peters reacting to what Sean Payton had said earlier in the week.
1: On him Tell on Sean
0: Payton, keep talking that shit. We're going to see him soon. You feel me? Fair enough. Yeah, because I like what he was saying on the sidelines, too. So hey. tell him keep talking that shit, and I hope you see we soon. You feel me? And then we're going to have a good little, nice little bowl of gumbo together. Wow, so
4: that's so funny because this has kind of been an ongoing uh, clip that we've been talking about ever since that Week 9 loss. And funny enough, I actually saw on Twitter that Marcus Peters put up a tweet that said, it's gumbo week let's eat and it's a picture of himself and the retro uniforms probably from this last game but it's pissed up in the air ready to roll and i think he only had it up for about five or six minutes before it got deleted but obviously everybody on twitter took screenshots and we're talking about the fact that he put it up and then took it down so i think it's kind of interesting that he took that down i think we need a little bit more you know emotion and color and drama uh, going into the final four and i think it's kind of cool that he's doing this of course you know i i have to debate whether or not i like peter's trash talk it's going to get us a penalty or he's going to do something after the game that's going to make some highlights and you know kind of get us worrying about that that attitude and that ego but i thought it was pretty funny that he's tweeting something about it and you know shout out to marcus peters for that but I don't, it's kind of interesting that he took it down don't you yeah think? it's
2: really interesting and and it's for me it's it's curious because uh, you know, like you said, pick your side on which Marcus Peters you want. He's going to give you the same one every time. He's going to have that energy, that excitement, that trash talking. I don't mind him going on Twitter and, and putting that up there. I do. At this point in the season, you start to get a little worried about um, giving bulletin board material. And obviously we saw our Rams on the defense side of the ball and on the offense side of the ball with the rush game uh, in both sides. Uh, take something to heart that people said, right? Being doubted and kind of using that to their advantage. But uh, this is something that he said a long time ago, and he knew that it was going to have to come around if this really were to kind of come to fruition. It is. I'm excited. You can tell that Marcus Peters is motivated. I'm sure his boys in the secondary are got his back. Tlaib is back, so he's got his number one guy. I'm curious to see how the Rams are going to game plan for this passing attack, and if they'll move Tlaib from side to side. Typically, they've been keeping these guys... Uh, on their own side and and they moved them around a little bit but they haven't had someone chase a wide receiver uh really since those early times that marcus peters really got burnt um so i would expect them to kind of play their defense and, and stick with it but man it's gumbo week i, I mean i gotta love it I, if it was still up and available i'd be retweeting it with some you know some crazy emojis with some you know the the whole uh pushing the air out your nose i don't even know what that emoji would be called but
4: Classic bear tweet. I, I think I've I've seen you using that emoji a little bit. I more love it. It's kind of like,
2: it's kind of just yeah, like, it's like it's kinda, you know, like pushing the air out, just letting them know, like we good. Like yeah. The, the little bowl, the bowl what push, man. I love it. So uh, I definitely would have retweeted that. I've gotten a couple of people tweeting me and asking me what my thoughts are on it. And obviously I knew we were going to talk about it on the podcast. I'll probably play that clip another handful of times because I love it because it's our guy basically telling the other team, screw you, try that again. And we're going to eat some gumbo while i kick your ass and i i, I love um, the the I, the energy that he brings uh is it going to look really bad if this falls in our face and and he doesn't play well yeah but i expect you got to play better than 211 yards given up right
4: well, my biggest thing too, also with Michael Thomas, the the twelve passes for two hundred eleven yards. We didn't really, we didn't have to leave that game. And I actually think Tlaib's playing a little bit better right now, and Tlaib's probably going to be the guy who's covering Michael Thomas during this game. So Marcus Peters, you know, I I, I don't know if we're going to have to worry about quite as much that that Thomas threat because I think Tlaib's going to have him on lockdown. I'm more worried about Marcus Peters on, you know, if he's going to be able to tackle and and make sure he gets his fundamentals right and and doesn't get by somebody else with Thomas being on the other side Yeah, of the I like
2: it. And you said, you know, Talib is back. And not only is Talib back, but we also – a difference in that game is we also have Deontay Fowler, who was not there when we played them mm-hmm. the first time. And uh that guy, Mr. C.J. Anderson, will be on the team that we didn't see last time. This is a completely different team that they saw last time and, and completely different is, you know, maybe a stretch. But we are running the, the ball so differently than we did last game. And when we faced them – Last game, Jared Goff had a great game. He threw for almost 400 yards. He actually out-threw Drew Brees in yardage. Drew Brees went for 346, and Jared Goff went for 391. Uh, Three touchdowns, one interception, compared to Drew Brees' four touchdowns, zero interceptions. But he held his own in that game. Uh, Where we really got beat is the New Orleans rushing offense put up 141 yards on the ground, while the Rams put up 92. Todd Gurley only had 13 carries, For 68 yards, he did have a touchdown long of 24. But we couldn't move the ball. We only rushed the ball 19 times. We're coming off of a game where we rushed over 40 attempts. I like the way that we're switching things up. We've moved... Out of that 11 personnel, and I've actually mixed it up a few times, we talked about it yesterday, but even looking at the snap count analysis, uh, we ran some 13 personnel, which we brought Johnny Munt in, which, by the way, Johnny Munt in a Rams uniform on the field, blowing my mind. Uh, He had six snaps, but he was in there. (laughs) And Tyler Higbee really led the way with 55 snaps. Uh, Gerald Everett behind him with 34. But we're moving those pieces in and out. We're kind of creating a different vibe right now with the run game that we're doing on the ground so uh the saints have a lot to prepare for but as we as we continue to talk about this what we're going to do is we're going to take a break because i have no clue where we're in the episode i know we've been ranting for a while i've got more to talk about i know you do too as well so what we're going to do is we're going to step aside get a couple words from our sponsors we'll be right back tuesday edition lockdown rams james kroger bear modern right after this
3: will smith
0: this is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fancy Football with your Locked On Fancy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Charters Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider.
2: All right, Rams Nation, we are back third and final segment. Locked on Rams Tuesday Double Dip with James Kroger. I promise you guys, we've got a crossover tomorrow, so as much as we want James back, we have another guest. So James, thank you so much for holding it down the first two days. I am so excited to have you back on the mic. It is crucial time. Hopefully, we have another victory Monday in store for us next week as we continue to keep this thing going in the NFC, hopefully representing the NFC in the Super Bowl, but Uh, Before we get going, I want to do a couple listener questions, but I also want to do a couple shout outs. And this first one, James, I think you saw this tweet. Uh, I've got to I got to say a big apology and a big shout out to Dana Dooley, Uh, not Dan Adley, by the way. There's no such person (laughs) as Dan Adley. And I knew James, you were going to love this because you just love when I do dumb things. And this was a dumb thing. And, uh, so Dana, I thank you so much for holding it down for our female listeners. I get a lot of grief from my girlfriend sometimes because she's one, she's a Charger fan, which we have to deal with that. We'll deal with that on a separate episode. Uh, but she, she listens to Lockdown Chargers and she's like, they always talk about all the dudes they're talking to. And she's like, I'm a female listener. I want some love. So I'm trying to give out some love to the females, Dana Dooley. And I probably now butchered your last name, but it's Dana and it is not Dan. So, that is my bad, and appreciate all the female listeners out there holding it down for Rams Nation, uh, not only here in LA, but all across uh, the country. So, shout out to you. I appreciate it, and thanks for correcting me. If I, if I butcher your name or I say something dumb, tweet at me, let me know. I, I make mistakes, too, and I probably, as I go back and I listen to a lot of these episodes, I make a lot of mistakes. So, uh, <laughs> feel free to call me out. I, uh, I am not thin-skinned. I will take it in stride. So, Big ups there. Thank you so much for listening. And then I'm just going to wheel this into our, our next thing here with, with our one of our listeners. All right. This question comes from Julian. It says, big fan of the show. I put my name in the contest, and I'm looking forward to hearing about the winner. Me too. Hashtag Hover Helmet. If you guys haven't done it, five-star review on iTunes. Drop a comment. Hashtag Hover Helmet. You're entered to win. Julian says, I'm writing today to maybe put an idea in your head for the show. I love it. How interesting do you find it that these two coaches, McVay and Peyton, have two of the biggest pairs of cojones left in the league when it comes to fourth downs and trick plays? How do you think the rare meeting between such unique coaching styles will play out, high score or low score? Thanks for the shows and appreciate your reading. Uh, Julian, we appreciate the question. So, James, I'll kick it to you. With these two coaches, the way that they play aggressively and you know those trick plays and – You know, Johnny Hecker coming up to the line and faking a punt. And, you know, last time these two met, we did a fake punt, which we still believe we got that first down. Uh, We can debate how that changed the game as well. But what are your thoughts on this game? These two coaches, high score, low score, what to expect the madness to pursue with these two coaches?
4: Well, first off, I want to give a shout out again to Dana for listening, because I know she's been listening for quite a while via Locked on Rams, and I think she listens to Rams podcast as well. But I noticed that she has reached out a few times on social media, and I want to give her a shout for calling you out, Bear, on messing up the name. I know what happens uh, with some people reaching out to the show, but I, you know, we definitely appreciate the the female listeners uh, joining in. So Dana, thank you uh, for, for correcting <laughs> our boy, Bear, on that one. That was pretty fun. Uh, and to answer the question on the, the fourth downs and kind of the the wavos on these coaches, I think this is the time to really put your balls out on the table and make that happen. I think the fourth down, fourth and one – these days, you know, in the way that this this league has been this year, it's it's not going to be any surprise going for it, and even you know, fake going for it, or even bringing the special teams out there and trying to get Hecker, who was a quarterback in high school and the beginning of college up in the Pacific Northwest, and he he really kind of legitimately is a threat to to throw the ball. And when he ran it ran through the line this last week, I thought, oh. Ooh, he's really doing this like he's gonna he's gonna hike the ball and throw this ball and it was kind of obvious after a few seconds that it, he was just trying to uh, catch the dallas defense and get on offsides but you know i i can't wait to see what they're going to do on fourth down conversions we all know that sean payton has uh no shyness in going forward and spe- especially in big plays I, I think we uh saw some big plays from him in, in the super bowl uh, many years ago so sean payton I think it's just kind of kind of be a little little bit of the ego contest, a little side conversation to watch. Something that'll be you know on the back burner if we do get into that fourth down conversion. In short, I think it's going to be really exciting to have kind of that that little competition going and see who's actually going to go for it and who actually succeeds. I have total faith in the Rams on uh, succeeding one with Jared Goff and, and team back there if he decides to keep the number one offense out there and uh, you know do a little quarterback sneak. Uh, saw Jared Goff run a little bit this last game, which is super exciting or you know hand it off to our two options now in the backfield CJ Anderson who they didn't even see in week nine now we have him as an additional threat and then of course Todd Gurley so it wouldn't surprise me with all the options the Rams have uh, between running the ball with our two strong running backs Jared Goff with the quarterback sneak up the middle and then of course uh, Sean Payton on the other side he's not shy when it comes to uh, going for it in these big situations and I, I can see this game going where it gets Close and a fourth down conversion is, is super imperative. So you know, I say bring it. I, I can't wait to see what these guys do. I hope that it actually happens, and I hope it's an imperative play.
2: I think the points are going to be higher than lower. If I were to take that guess, the the Rams obviously hit thirty this last game, and they really did it with ease. And when I say ease, is they failed in the red zone, and they probably could have had more points. And I don't expect Drew Brees and that offense to sputter as much as they did last week against the Phillies defense. That defense was. You know, doing a lot of work all over the field and they started out so hot. So um, I think this will tend to lean itself as a higher scoring game than a lower scoring game. But against the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen as far as the fourth down conversion, trick plays, things like that. Pulling out all the stops. You're here. There's no games after this if you lose. So uh, I think McVeigh has been. Uh, very much proven to ride with it and go with it. He went for it on fourth down a couple times times uh, in this last game. And, you know, we had some fourth down stops this last game, which is encouraging and well, but I'll go even back to week two, week two. And Greg Zerline gets hurt right before the game. And we have no field goal kicker. Johnny Hecker did mm-hmm. it a couple times for some extra points, but we started going for two a lot in that game. And after the game, Sean McVay was asked, you know, how did he take this and how is this going to, you know, be used moving forward and and he kinda said in these four down close situations, you know, learning what we can do and knowing to have a couple plays. He feels very confident in this offense. Like you said, a new offense, new day and age uh, that we're going to move the football. We've got plenty of weapons now with CJ, Todd, obviously the arm of Jared Goff, but the legs of Jared Goff. I mean, he's the one that sealed the win last Saturday, which was amazing. I just kept yelling, dual threat quarterback, Jared Goff, if you need him, folks. Uh, I was having a great, I was having a great time. That was a bunch of beers in at that point. And, uh, when Jared Goff seals the win on a run, you gotta let all the Cowboys know where the exits at, but, um, no, I I think this is going to be a game where if you get to a fourth and short, uh, especially in a decent, you know, anywhere near midfield. I expect these coaches to go for it unless it's a crazy tight game. There's things that have happened to kind of change that mindset at that point. But uh, this is ride or die. This is there's no more tomorrow after this. I could say all the cliches in the world, uh, but you've got to win this game. I think they know the importance of that. And I think he trusts his team and going back to that Seattle game as well, where they came off with the timeout and he said, you know what, Jared, you're going back out, man. We're going to go get a first down. We're going to end this game. Um, and I just love that aspect about it. So
4: do you actually see this happening early on? Because of course we want to see it happening when it's imperative to the game and it's going to be a major yep. impact, but you know, talk yep. first on the road, you got to go get it,
2: man. There's no time to wait. Yeah. Like I said, there's, there's no tomorrow. So there's no, well, maybe next game we'll, it will try that. You know, I think, I think if you're on your own 30 and it's fourth and one first quarter, yeah, maybe it, it, the, the percentages, everything tells you to punt there. But if you're anywhere near midfield, and you know, it's first, second quarter, you've been moving the ball to get to that point. I think you go. I think you gotta go. I think Sean McVay knows that. I think he's got the guts to do that. Or you go in your your bag of tricks and you got Johnny Hecker who can throw it. You got an up back who can, you know, take it and run. I think we'll see a lot of um, you know, risky play calling. I, you don't wanna go out and say Man, I wish I I wish I kind of like you said, you know, time to put your cojones out there. I wish I I wish I put my cojones out there more. You're not gonna do that waking up after this game. You're gonna put everything out there, and I think McVeigh is gonna do that as well. So great question, Julian. I love it. We could debate this back and forth forever. Couple more things I wanna say before we get out of here. James, I think we talked about this before we started the podcast, but correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, we talked earlier last segment about additions that we're going to have in this game, which is really exciting. Obviously, Fowler and Talib and C.J. Anderson and just that whole aura that we're running off of right now, of us against the world, I love it. Uh, but news came out that D-tackle Sheldon Rankins, I believe he tore his Achilles, is that correct? So he is out. He has been a huge part of what they're doing. 44 straight starts for Sheldon Rankins since 2016. And that's after he broke his leg in his first NFL preseason game back in 2016. So since he came back from that injury, he started 44 straight games at D-Tackle. He's been a monster up front for them. I can't wait to talk to the Lockdown Saints tomorrow with Ross Jackson and kind of pick his brain about how big of an impact that is. But for an offensive line, that just pushed over the Dallas Cowboys who came in, you know, only allowing 100 yard rusher, I think, all season uh, to go in there and put that performance that they did. And now you're you're going to miss a big guy up front. I think that's a big win for us. Uh, so I want to make sure I mention that on the podcast today as well. Uh, a couple other things I want to kind of pick your brain on, James. ESPN is giving the Saints a 62 percent chance to win this game. Uh, meh, don't like that. Uh, and then for Super Bowl odds, the Chiefs and the Saints rank in at 33% chance to win the Super Bowl. The Chiefs, a slight advantage, 33.8 to the Saints, 33.1. The Rams are third at 18.1 as a percent uh, chance to win the Super Bowl. And then the Patriots, the last person down there, 15%. How do you feel about those percentages?
4: Well, honestly, dude, if you were to see me on video right now, I'm doing the the Adam Gase eyes. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you saw some of those memes, but my goodness, that guy is uh is a uh, very visual, uh, so to speak. But it reminded me of uh, of uh, that scene from Roger Rabbit when uh, the evil guy he turns into cartoon eyes. It was it, the memes going around about these Adam Gase eyes are so funny. But I'm doing it myself right now when you're reading off these stats for me on on the Super Bowl projections and the Saints with the 62 of percent chance of beating the Rams because. You know, these are these are just numbers and one thing about the Rams is when they're hot they make it look so easy and I think everybody has to keep that in mind and we can be really great on the road. You know, people I think are kind of trying to to compare this game against what we saw in week 9 when we lost by 10 points. I think it's 45-35 or, or something close to that. But let's, like we mentioned this whole show, talk about everything that is different on this team. C.J. Anderson, who could potentially run for 100-plus uh, yards this game against the Saints. Sheldon rankings being out, like you mentioned, which has been huge for them against the run. And also, he's an amazing pass rusher. to Talib is back. Talk about Michael Thomas facing Marcus Peters. Well, I think Talib's going to be on his butt for the majority of this game, so that's a brand-new aspect of this too. Dante Fowler Jr., which we mentioned as well, who played ninety-one percent of the snaps against the Cowboys on Saturday night and had a crucial hit early on, and uh, with Ezekiel Elliott and just shut him down behind the line. You know, he's become our our best edge rusher right now. Which uh, you know, I think you got to keep that in mind with considering the pass breakup right. and uh, what he can do for tackle for losses uh, when we're facing the saints. So that's a huge aspect. And then kind of a negative side to us, Cooper cup, he's not going to be playing against this game, which now you don't have that exciting route runner, but of course we have Josh Reynolds and that may open us up to additional uh, love with the tight ends. But of course we are a different team now, man. We're just, we're just like I mentioned on lockdown Rams yesterday, we're just a different team. And you know, the, our Has improved, and I think we're going to continue to to uh, see that improvement in New Orleans this next week. And then we know, obviously, like I said, C.J. Anderson being back there is going to really open up things for Jared Goff, who we know is going to want to show up for his childhood hero and Drew Brees. So I just think you know those stats give me Adam Gay size and uh, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at how we played against week nine, which we've evolved so much, which has been kind of our braggable this whole season. You and I bear of uh, Wade Phillips and how he's going to evolve and, and continue to improve on this defense. And he showed against Dallas that he was able to do so. So the stats right now, don't make me nervous. I, I hate the fact that we're playing earlier on the East coast away at home in the Superdome and, you know, facing Drew Brees there in January's, you know the chance, the stats never look in their favor uh, facing Drew Brees uh, in the Superdome in in January. So the stats don't bother me. And like I said, I'm just I'm just doing the funky eye right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, guys, if you haven't seen that, go just Google Adam Gase and his interview. And I just saw it right before we saw this po- started this podcast, and I was dying laughing. I don't know what the heck he was doing, or if that's normal for him, but he looked like a goof man. And I'm sure, I mean. I don't know. Maybe he just realized that he signed with the Jets or what's going on. But uh, man, that was pretty funny. So <laughs> you got me there, Mr. Kroger. Awesome stuff today, James. We've got, we put together a great podcast, a long podcast. I still got things on my list here that I haven't gotten to. But the great thing is, we've got three more episodes this week. I am bringing the mic with me. I'm getting on a plane tomorrow, 9 a.m., flying out to New York. So I will be recording from New York. And it's funny, I think our Saints. Guy Ross Jackson actually lives in LA, so I'm going to go away from him to chat with him tomorrow. Tune in. That's going to be a good one. I'm going to pick his brain. If you guys have any questions for the Lockdown Saints, Ross Jackson, hit me up uh, Facebook, Facebook group, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Shoot me a DM. Hit me up on email, lockdownrams at gmail.com. Reach out, get us some questions. Pick the brain. I'm going to talk some trash. I'm going to have some fun with them. We're going to talk matchups and more. James, Thank you so much for coming on back to back days. We got another great one in store guys. Make sure to go give James a follow at Jay Kroger three on Twitter at Rams podcast on Instagram and Twitter. LA underscore rambling bear is mine. We're locked on Rams across the board. Check us out, reach out, tell us what you think. Don't forget to enter that contest. Five star. Podcast review on iTunes get you to enter. I'll probably pull that with the traveling. I'm gonna see if I can pull it tomorrow. All I need to do is get a name, throw it around a little mix, little mix bag, pick somebody, get an address, send it out. So hopefully I'll do that tomorrow. And I've got a rally tower to get out to you guys here soon as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. But you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I do my way And every time I do it I do my thing Yeah, Believe that like a true story Rims big make the the back is two stories If I hop out, never suicide No back seats Call that yeah. paralyzed I don't have a spine I don't fantasize I mastermind, then go after mine You see I handle mine I to mine I told her two box yeah. Bitches hammer time. time So excuse me as I yell them, Tell them Just repel em. I'ma kill em. Someone tell him, I'ma kill him, I'ma fill up Cause mama can't tell him And the doctors can't heal I'ma kill em And yeah, we sell em. I know you smell em but If you want it You could just yell in the beat in the morning At your tenant. Oh, key go for 20 Half a key go for 11 i' me there will be nothing I am legend And I will smith Now that's how you let the beat build Bitch That's how you let the beat